In 1955, a 17-year-old left his home in Colorado to join the United States Navy. That young man was my father, and these are the letters he wrote home. I'm Elaine, Ken's daughter, and this is Dear Folks. Welcome to Episode 2 of Dear Folks, Letters Home from the Navy. In Episode 1, we heard about Dad leaving Colorado and traveling to Great Lakes, Illinois, for basic training slash boot camp at the Great Lakes Naval Station, Camp Barry. Along the way, he had a chicken fried steak on the government, surrendered his hair oil and shaving cream, had to wear a schnoodle cap, and Kenny Hill was shaking the bed. Dad also didn't seem to care very much for the weather. In this episode, I'll talk a little bit about the history of Naval Station Great Lakes and, of course, read some letters from Dad. Naval Station Great Lakes, located outside of Chicago over 700 miles from the nearest ocean, is the Navy's largest training facility. It's known as the quarterdeck of the Navy, or more informally by recruits, Great Mistakes. Established in 1911, it gained prominence during World War I, during which 125,000 sailors were trained at Great Lakes. Recruiting slowed after the war and was halted entirely in 1933 when Great Lakes closed for two years and was placed in maintenance status before reopening. When Pearl Harbor was attacked in 1941, Around 6,000 recruits were training at Great Lakes. This grew to 68,000 over the next six months, and by September 1942, there were over 100,000 sailors training at Great Lakes. During World War II, 4 million sailors served on active duty in the Navy, and over a million of those were trained at Naval Station Great Lakes. African-American sailors were trained at a base within a base, Camp Robert Smalls, named for a Civil War hero and former slave. This segregated training facility opened in 1942, and by 1945, all training was integrated. In 1944, the Golden Thirteen became the first commissioned and warranted African-American officers in the United States Navy. At the time of their commissioning, there were approximately 100,000 African-American men serving in the Navy ranks. With that, let's move along to reading some letters from Dad. June 9, 1955, Great Lakes, Illinois. Dear Mom, Dad, and Kids, How is everything going at home? Why don't you write? When you do, please send me a paper to read. Did you get my other letters all right? If not, here is my address. Company 253, 121st Battalion, 12th Regiment, USNTC, Great Lakes, Illinois. We took our blues and whites to get them tailored today. I'm in the Drum and Bugle Corps. I play a tower bugle and the guys in the band get an extra liberty, so that's two liberties I get for sure. If we win some flags, we will get more liberties. What is some of the news around Windsor? Is anything happening? I didn't think so. It is colder than heck up here right now. It rains every day and we always have to wear our raincoats. Kenny Hill didn't get to come over to boot camp with us because he had to stay in holding company and get his eyes fixed. 
He won't be home on liberty with us. The Navy must have plenty of beans on hand because we get some almost every day, usually for breakfast. The meals are pretty good here, but I am hungry every single meal. There is some scuttlebutt going around about us only having seven weeks of boot training. I hope this is true because I am tired of marching and washing clothes already. We have to wash our clothes every night and put a clean uniform on every morning. We each have a piece, as rifles are called in the Navy. It weighs about nine and a half pounds and we march with it every minute that we aren't in class. We have about three or four classes every day. These include some on seamanship, discipline, and allowances in the Navy. These consist mostly of picture shows and lectures. We go to bed at 9.30 and have to get up at 5.30 in the morning. It's just like they told us. We won't have time to get homesick because we're always busy and that is the truth. We don't even have time to write a letter home. We got paid Wednesday. They gave us $20 but took $12 back for our ditty bag and tailors. We also got a haircut even though we didn't need one. As soon as I get on Liberty, about five weeks, I will get a picture taken and send one to you. Tell Dick and Larry to write me a letter and some clippings out of the paper so I know what is going on back home. Mom was right when she said that I would be glad to sleep on that hard bed in the basement. Anything would be a pleasure compared to the racks we have to sleep on out here. I just got back from a classroom cleaning detail and have to finish this letter. I think I'll go over to the PX and get me some stuff to use. We had one guy go home on emergency leave because his dad died. Mr. Scott, our company commander, is going to try to get him back in our company. We lost three guys because they had to go to sick bay and couldn't get back in three days, so they have to start all over again in a new company. We get shots every Monday, and they really make your arm sore. Bob Robbins, one of the kids I came out with from Colorado, passed out on the night of our shots, but he is all right again. Well, I have to go to the PX and then go to bed, so I will write again as soon as I get time. That will probably be Sunday. Please write as soon and as often as you can so I have some letters to answer. Tell Lyle and Shirley to write, and don't forget to send me some news. Write soon. Love, Kenneth. This is one of my favorite letters Dad wrote home from boot camp because it's just filled with great quotes. My favorite is probably the bit about the Navy having plenty of beans on hand, but I also really like the line about gaining appreciation for that hard bed in the basement at home. My grandparents, again, raised four kids in a two-bedroom house, and at least two of the boys slept downstairs in a basement bedroom, which my family called the dungeon. It was not very plush. It's easy for me to forget that Dad was just 17 years old when he was writing these letters. I don't know how much opportunity he may have had to write letters to people before he left home, but it feels like he's finding his letter-writing voice as he moves through boot camp. Since I don't have any military experience of my own, I appreciate that Dad recorded details of things like how a day was spent, the weight of his rifle, timing of the smoking lamp, the Monday shot routine, and so forth. The cover picture for this episode is of Dad and his whites holding the flag for Company 253 at Naval Station Great Lakes, and I'll post a few more on social media at DearFolks1955 
and on the blog at www.dearfolks1955.com. So have a look at those if you're interested in some more visuals. June 11, 1955. Camp Dewey, Great Lakes, Illinois. Dear folks and all the young'uns too, I was so glad to hear from you. I thought I'd never get a letter. I got a letter from Shirley on the same day I got the one from you. I thought maybe you didn't get my first letter, so I wrote another one to make sure you got my address. The day after I wrote, I got your letter, and it cheered me up very much. This Navy life so far isn't exactly what I expected, but everyone I talked to says that after the first couple of weeks, it gets easier. The time has really flown by. It seems like we just got here and we already have two weeks of boot training behind us. About the shots, I didn't get sick at all. It just made my arm a little sore the next day. My smallpox vaccination didn't take, so I suppose I will have to get another one. We get a shot every Monday morning, but you can't hardly feel them. My hair is about an inch and a half long now. When they cut it, it was only about an eighth of an inch long. It is growing a lot faster than I expected. I never get to see the rest of the guys from Windsor, except Willard, who is in the Drum and Bugle Corps, too. I went to Lutheran Bible instruction last night. It's the same thing as the adult confirmation class at home. I saw Dale and Bill there and talked to them for a while. They really have a rough company commander. They can't smoke, drink Cokes, or go to the PX. We have a real swell guy for a company commander. His name is Mr. Scott. Dad, you and Dick, get your fishing equipment all ready because I'm going fishing with you when I get home. About the electronics, I don't know if I will get to go to school or not. I'm pretty sure that I will. If I can't get into electronics, I'm going to try for radar or something like that. We will have a personal interview and then tell us what school we get to go to. This interview will be in about four weeks. You asked if I had a buddy. Yes, I do. His name is Gerald Wolfe. He is from Pueblo. When they cut his hair, he started laughing, and so they cut it all off even with the scalp. Did Shirley take the car back to Denver with her? If she did, I might go down there and bring it home with me so that I don't have to buy a train ticket to Greeley. What did Grandma and Grandpa say when they found out I had joined the Navy? Were they surprised, or did they already know? About the dollar Uncle Art sent, you can give it to Dick so I can pay him a little of what I owe him. Dad, you can have the other billfold I got because I won't be needing it. I would be real happy if you would just send me some clippings out of the Beacon and Tribune. Will you please send me some pictures, one of the car, and some more of the kids and yourself? Tell Larry to stick with it and he might learn to play baseball, if he's lucky. We went swimming the other day, and I passed all the tests and am a qualified swimmer. What's wrong with Dick? Can't he take the beat-washing profession? I always knew he was a weakling, but he never did want to show it. $3.50 is a lot of money for a kid his age, don't you think? Tell Mom she's going to have a real job washing all of my clothes when I get home. We got three sets of blues, four sets of whites, Six sets of skivvies, underwear, eight pairs of socks, a turtleneck sweater, three sets of dungarees, four white hats, one flat hat, a pair of gloves, a schnoodle cap, a swimming suit, seven handkerchiefs, 
a toothbrush, some wild root hair oil, some toothpaste, some shaving cream, some stationery, a pencil, a brush to scrub our clothes with, a bar of bath soap, a bar of ivory, a box of Tide, a sewing kit, a fingernail clipper, a shoe polish kit, and a blue belt and a white belt. We also got a raincoat and a peacoat. All our blue and white uniforms are in the tailor now, getting them altered so they fit us. If you think you're getting rain out there, you should be here. It has rained almost steady for five days, and I sure hope it stops. I have so many things to write about, I always forget what to write about next. I bought a pillowcase for you in the PX, and I'm sending it home so you won't forget that you have a son in the Navy. Did they send you a sticker to put in your window? I am also going to send you a paper that we get here in camp. I hope you enjoy it. Everything is real cheap out here. Ask Dick if he wants me to buy him an ID bracelet with the Navy insignia on it. If he does, I will bring it home with me for his birthday. I also want to wish Dad a happy Father's Day. I'm going to bring you all a present home when I come. So far, we haven't worn any low-top shoes. All we wear are our hip-hops. These are high-top work shoes. We also got two pairs of dress shoes and a pair of overshoes. All the rest of the guys from home are in the 10th Regiment, and they're in a barracks down by the brig. In the brig, they have a company of Marines for guards. One thing they told us is never walk between a Marine guard and his prisoner, because if the prisoner tries to make a break, the guard can shoot the guy who is in the way. I am taking out bond on the bond-a-month plan. The bond I took is a $25 a month bond. These bonds will be sent home to Dad, and he can cash them if he wants to because I put him down as a co-owner. Don't cash them unless you absolutely need the money. The bonds won't start coming in until sometime in October. I believe they take $18.75 out of my paycheck each month and give me a bond worth $25 after it has matured. They are mature after nine years and eight months. They don't start taking the money out until after I get out of boot camp. If I have any extra money, I will send it home to pay back the $20 I owe you. I will buy money orders and send all I can home. When I do, I want you to open up a joint bank account for me and anytime I send some, be sure to put it in the bank. We have a couple of fat boys in our company who are so fat they didn't have any uniforms to fit them. These guys only get one meal a day until they get thin enough to get into a uniform. Who are the other guys who are going with Ken Hummels to the Navy? Are they from Windsor? Is Lyle still going to go or did he chicken out? When Shirley and Robin come down, be sure and tell Robin hello from a kid in the best branch of the armed forces, the Navy. They don't like flyboys out here. When I get to Chicago in about five weeks, I will get me a picture taken so you can see how handsome I am in a uniform. We got our dog tags today and we'll probably get our ID cards with the bald-headed pictures on them pretty quick. Well, that's about all I can think about now. The mail won't go out until Monday morning, so if anything interesting comes up, I will continue this letter tomorrow. I miss you all very, very much. To be continued. Well, I have a few more minutes to spare now, so I will write a few more lines to let you know what I am doing. I have just finished washing all my clothes. I washed for an hour and a half. I started at 7 and finished at 8.30, and I have an hour to waste before taps at 9.30. 
I might as well tell you what I do all day so you have an idea of how busy I really am. I get up at about five in the morning, shave and brush my teeth. Then I wake up my bunk and put on my leggings, which we always have to wear during working hours. Then at about 5.45, the members of the Drum and Bugle Corps go out and eat early chow. We finish chow about 6.15 and some mornings have time to go back to the barracks for a cigarette. Then at 6.30, we report to practice till about 7.30 or 8 o'clock, then go back to the company. The day is divided into eight 45-minute periods. During the periods in which we don't have classes, we are out marching with our rifles. Then at 11.30, we get an hour off for chow, and in the afternoon, we either march or go to classes. At 4.30, the working day is over, and until 9.30, all we have to do is wash clothes or write letters or study our lessons. The guys in the Drum and Bugle Corps can't do this. That includes me. At 4.15 or 4.30, we go to chow again and report to band practice. We either play in the building or go out and march until 7 o'clock and then go wash our clothes or go to the gedunk for a soda or something. Taps are at 9.30 and all lights must be out. On Wednesdays, we have a field day, that is, we clean up the barracks, and on Friday nights, we go to religious instruction. You volunteer for this and two other guys from our company go to Lutheran instruction. Every night at 9 o'clock, we have one guy read a chapter or two out of the New Testament, then we all say the Lord's Prayer and go to bed. Well, it is now 1.30 on Sunday afternoon. I went to church this morning and had to stand a four-hour watch on the clothesline. Monday, we have to march in competition drill and also get our shots. We have to have a clean mattress and pillow cover every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, so I bought some bleach to keep them and my hats white. Well, I can't think of anything else to write, so I guess I'll close. I miss you and all the things at home very much. Don't forget to send me some clippings of the news at home. I am going to write some more letters to Shirley and some of the other kids at home. Love you all, Kenneth. P.S. Be sure and write as soon as you get time. Ken. Well, this is by far the longest letter we've seen from Dad, and I think he must have been getting pretty homesick at this point. In this letter, Dad talked about buying a pillowcase to send home to his parents so they don't forget they have a son in the Navy, and I was very excited to realize I have this actual pillowcase. I knew I had a piece of fabric from Dad's Navy days, but I thought it was a flag or something until I inspected it more carefully and realized it's a pillow cover. It looks like this pillow cover was never used and that various members of my family have been storing this away carefully for 60 years. So I pulled it out and I put a pillow in it. It's uh, blue. It's predominantly blue. It says United States Navy Naval Training Center, Great Lakes, Illinois. And it has all kinds of Navy stuff. There's a big gold eagle and there are some anchors and chains or ropes and some gold fringe. And if you would like to see what it looks like, check out the website and social media. I'll have some pictures there. I also laughed when he made that dig at his brother Dick, calling him a weakling for apparently not really enjoying the beat washing profession. It's such a teenage sibling thing to say. This letter is also the first time I really stumbled while reading Dad's writing. 
In the section where he describes what he does all day, he says he puts on his leggings, which they always have to wear during working hours. What I think of as leggings today didn't really match my image of a Navy uniform, but it turns out the word is leggings, and for a military uniform, these are sort of like tall spats. Uh, Again, I'll put up an image on the website for reference. With that pair of lengthy and detailed letters, I'll wrap up this episode with Dad located at Camp Dewey, Naval Station Great Lakes, and I will be back next week with Episode 3. This episode was recorded during the 2020 COVID-19 outbreak when people all over the world are staying home to try to slow the spread of the virus. Stay home as much as you're able, be well, and think about writing a letter to someone you care about. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting directory. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at DearFolks1955. Images of some of the letters and related items are available on our website at DearFolks1955.com. And if you have questions or other commentary, you can email me at DearFolks1955 at gmail.com. I'm Elaine, Ken's daughter, and I'll be reading more letters next week. Until then, I wish you fair winds and following seas, and please write soon.